As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. A follow-up to Tom Hoagie, who's leading on the PGA Tour at the American Express out in La Quinta, California. Hoagie was born in North Carolina, lives in Fargo, and... Checking out the Wikipedia, and I know you got to take that with a grain of salt, but we did get a text to the studio, and I, I know he had ties to the area, but uh, he won the uh, Minnesota State Amateur, according to the uh, text, in 09 and 10. So he has played in the upper Midwest, lives in Fargo, and uh, right now leading on the PGA Tour at the American Express out in California. They'll be at the Farmers Insurance Open in uh, San Diego next week at uh, legendary Torrey Pines, a site of U.S. Opens, and the annual Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, San Diego, lovely part of the world, and we're going to go there. Uh, Scott Miller joins us, covered the major leagues for a long time. Once upon a time, the Twins for the Pioneer Press. Uh, Scott, how you been? Scott? Steve, I'm sorry. You know, I think we're, we're, we're cutting in and out a little bit. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think we're good. Can you hear me? Okay, good. I can. You were cutting out before we came on, so I, I didn't know if oh. it was my cell. But uh, nice to be with you again. Yeah, good to visit with you, Scott. And I was just talking a little golf right now. PGA Tour in the Palm Springs area. Tom Hoagie from uh, Fargo is leading that event. And then we said next week on the PGA Tour, they go to Torrey Pines. And uh, the visuals from Torrey Pines, uh, and I guess that's suburban San Diego, La Jolla to be exact, 
the, the visuals are spectacular. Yeah, they are. I've never played that course, but it is a, it was absolutely breathtaking right there overlooking the Pacific Ocean. You know, it's usually pretty, uh, pretty nice this time of year in particular, you know, and plus it's got the added advantage of, you know, being one of the few parts of the country, obviously, that you can play golf at this time right. of year. But, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always a big week when the PGA event comes to, uh, Torrey Pines. Yeah, for sure. And the U.S. Opens, uh, Tiger's done very well. Tiger won't play, of course, uh, still recovering. But uh, nevertheless, uh, beautiful visuals from Torrey Pines next week as the PGA Tour stops. And I, I've heard uh, you, you show up in San Diego, and if you can get a tee time, it, it's not a private club. It's a public course, so so you can tee it up there. You, 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 should, you should put it on your calendar, Scott. You're right about that. I think that is true. It, it is a, it's really hard to get on, as you can imagine. Yeah, I suppose. But it is a public course. So I, I don't remember what the hoops you have to jump through are. I think it's something, some crazy thing where I don't think it's that far out in advance. It might be only a week or two out. But it's, but it's like, you know, something along the lines of, of to, to get a tee time for next week um, or, say, two weeks from now, you got to get online like something very specific, like say next Wednesday at 6 a.m. it opens up, and then it's like first come first serve. Whoever can, you know, be online at 6 a.m. on a Wednesday to grab a spot for the following yep. week. And as you can imagine, it's kind of like, you know, uh, those of us of a certain age when you used to try to buy tickets to some rock concert you know and all of a sudden you, you got like five minutes and then it's sold out <laughs> yeah exactly you got to sleep on the sidewalk overnight i did that one time yeah. outside the old saint paul civic center to see you two uh, on the joshua tree tour that goes back oh. so far yeah uh my my nice. girlfriend at the time now wife we slept outside the civic center to get tickets and the crazy thing and this is a great story so so i'm going to bore you with it uh that's Scott. good stuff though so, what year was that well i i can't i i'd have to look it up but we weren't we weren't married it was a Joshua Tree tour st paul civic center and yep. we 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 got there and i was there with my brother and some of his buddies and it it was a lot of fun but here's the story we ended up falling asleep. A bunch of people jumped the line. By the time we got into the lobby of the Civic Center, to, this is before online sales, of course. Right, sure. And um, we get into the lobby. The first show was already sold out, and we're like, we slept outside all night. <laughs> we get into the lobby. The show is sold out, but there were rumors circulating that U2 was going to add a second show. So we loitered in the lobby. And we were right there and got phenomenal seats for the second night. So it all worked out. But oh, uh, it was, that's a great yeah. story. Yeah. So and and we were like tenth row, main floor, and the Bodines warmed up for you two. So anyway, uh, but oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but but Perfect. but getting but getting back to tea times and you talk about Tory Pines, another public course, Bethpage State Park. Um, in, in New York, where they've had some U.S. Open, I think PGA is coming or has been at Bethpage. Anyway, that is another one where you, you've got to get there and literally sleep in your car and and get in line and hope to get a tee time to play it at Bethpage. Uh, 
another major championship venue, but public course. Anyway, um, I'm sure Major League fans would would uh, love to wait in line and see a spring training game in Arizona or Florida. Uh, Scott, what's your read on it right now, the lockout, where it stands here on January 22nd? Oh, we, we lost Scott. All right. Yeah, why, why don't we... Why don't we take a break right now, uh, Carrie, while we try and get a hold of Scott? Because it, it sounded like his cell reception wasn't that great. We'll take a break right now. We'll try and come back and visit with Scott Miller, who has covered the major leagues for a long time. Find out where we're at uh, with the major league lockout in a moment here on News Talk, E3O, WCCO. 515, uh, we are back. Just to clarify on the U2 show, it was 1987, and the dates were November 3rd and November 4th at the St. Paul Civic Center. Of course, uh, we missed tickets for the first show, even though we slept on the sidewalk outside the Civic Center all night. But we did get great seats for the second show on November 3rd, to clear that up. Scott Miller's back from San Diego. He's covered the major leagues for a long time. All right. So we got that out of the way. 1987. Yeah, so, great stuff. What were the dates again? Yeah, November 3rd and 4th. Um, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, on the 28th and 29th and 30th, they were at the Rosemont Horizon in suburban Chicago, out right. there by O'Hare. And then on the 1st, U2 was at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis. Then they came to St. Paul for two dates. And then... Uh, uh, right after that, they went to McNichols Arena in Denver. Den- Denver, yeah. Yeah, how that about that? To play there, yeah. <laughs> also, those dates, you were were uh, that was in the immediate aftermath. You you and everybody in the Twin Cities, and as you slept overnight for that U two show, uh, you were basking in the aftermath of the uh, Twins World Series championship. That, that was right after that. Couple that, weeks. that that that's right. Uh, the Gaetti to Herbeck and the Twins are world champions. That, yeah, that was uh, that, it, good times for sure. Yeah, really uh, here in the time. Twin Cities. Yeah. And and by the way, I don't know if you heard Scott. You covered the Twins for a long time, but uh, Ron Gardenhire, Dan Gladden, of course, longtime uh, player, part of two world championship teams, and longtime yep. Twins radio broadcaster are going into the Twins Hall of Fame along with. Cesar Tovar, of course, who played all nine positions way back in the day for the Twins and was a uh, a part of those great te- Twins teams in the 60s. Uh, they're all going yep. into the Twins Hall of Fame this summer. I, I did hear that. Yeah, no question. I mean, obviously, I stay pretty plugged in with yep. all 30 teams, and, um, and especially the Twins, having lived there and spent six years covering them. And, and uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm all, I, I tweeted, in fact, after that this week, and I met it on Twitter. I got a little bit of blowback, but that that happens every. You could tweet the the sky is blue and the grass is green, and you're going to get a certain percentage of people on Twitter to, to tell you you're a moron and you're wrong. But um, what I tweeted was, you know, I, I, I tweeted the Twins Hall of Fame announcement. I said, hey, these three guys, you know, Gardy and Cesar Tovar and, and uh, Dan Glenn are going to the Twins Hall of Fame. They just announced it, and and, the, and I said. The Twins do as good of a job as anybody in baseball incorporating their history into present day. And, and I said, don't get me wrong, this is on Twitter, I said, you know, there, there are other teams that are very good too, like the Yankees and the Cardinals, but nobody does it 
better than the Twins. Of course, I got some Yankee people say, oh, the Yankees have Monument Park. I mean, oh, you got to be kidding me. You know, but, yeah. but I'm at it. I mean, the Twins are right there with the Yankees, the Cardinals. Detroit does a nice job. But nobody is better than Minnesota at, at incorporating and weaving the great, rich history of the Twins, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, on up into present day. They do a beautiful job. Yeah. So, uh, Gardy, Gladden, and Tovar, this summer, August uh, weekend series against the Texas Rangers. And, and Scott, b- before the break, uh, we we threw it out there, and l- let's get right into the meat of it. Uh, a lot of how it continues. Where, does, where do things stand? What are you hearing right now? Well, I'd like to see a lot more of a sense of urgency. There has not been a sense of urgency. You might have noticed that. And you also might have noticed we're not that far from when spring training should be starting, about a month away. So the players and owners, uh, the players are due to make a counterproposal to the owners, and they're going to meet in person in New York on Monday. Now, for my money, they ought to meet in person, and somebody should lock the room and not let either side out until they reach a deal. Um, I doubt if that's going to happen, but I like that they're meeting face-to-face. Uh, you know, that's way better than Zoom. They're going to get a lot more done. I just hope that both sides realize uh, we got to get this figured out. And, and, and so I think it's a good sign that they're going to be face-to-face meetings on Monday. Um, I don't know how much urgency there will be yet simply because um, – what I've been told by some ownership sources, from that perspective, uh, pitchers and catchers are due to report around February 16th. So I think management owner types are looking at, in order to get spring training started on time, the 16th or so, they'd have to have a deal done by somewhere around February 7th or 8th because there's got to be a week or so in which players can finish up their business at home, pack, and get to spring training sites. Players coming in from Latin American countries need to have their visas squared away. So that's the urgent point to me. If if spring training is going to start on time, big if right now, February 6, 7, 8 is the drop-dead date when a deal's got to be done. Now, I don't think either the, the, the negotiations are far enough down the road where – I'm comfortable there'll be a deal by February 6th, 7th, or 8th. But at least if they can get real close by then, you know, maybe we can get away with spring training starts a little bit late, but not too late. I hope that's the the worst-case scenario because I'd shudder to think of any other worst-case scenarios. I, we, we've talked a lot about this. Uh, a lot of people who are very close to the game kind of know the, the, the big issues in your opinion at this moment, what is the biggest stumbling block uh, between the owners and players in getting a deal done? Well, I think it's 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 getting younger pair players paid more than they are because the owners seem pretty set. Free agency's kind of withered on the vine for all but the superstars like a Max Scherzer or a Manny Machado. There's so many of the of the average major leaguer, let's say, that once you turn thirty analytics shows you begin to decline so teams have not uh wanted they've squeezed free agents um so the players are basically saying look we've always been underpaid early until we can get to arbitration and free agency now if you're going to underpay us early 
and then you're not going to pay us a free agency, we got a problem. So they're going to have to figure out a way to move the money around so that younger players get paid if older players are not going to get paid. That That's the biggest thing. And, and then I think the competitive integrity of the game, you know, the, the way that it's drawn up right now, you know, the players, one of their chief concerns is, you know, all of the tanking that's gone on. You know, I mean, the Baltimore Orioles, for example, have been oh. unwatchable for about three years now. Um you know, every year you've got four or five teams now that strip down and basically are a glorified minor league team. They're non-competitive while they rebuild. And, you know, everybody, including the owners, should real, should recognize that, that that really damages the the integrity of the game. And so the players would like to see some things done, you know, maybe with the, the draft where kind of like the NBA – pick a number maybe the the seven or eight teams with the worst record go into a lottery and then it's pulled you know draft orders pulled out from there in other words that would help discourage uh teams like we've seen over the past 10 or 15 years the houston astros did it the cubs did it you know now baltimore's done it detroit did it where you strip down and try to get the first number one draft choice so those are a couple of the biggest issues they've got to hammer out steve and is there a line in the sand, if you will, with the players and owners, because you hear a lot of different things. Well, it's like that 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 service time. They've got to do something about the games that are be playing with service time. And I think yep. Twins fans can relate to this, where it's kind of like you hear about these kids in the minor leagues, and they have a good spring training, and then they're not called up, or they, they don't start the year with the big club. They yep. don't come yep. north, so to speak. Um, I, I would think some of that's got to be fixed as well. That the players are just going to demand that that they can't keep someone down on the farm who, by an all reality, should be in the major leagues just as they try to protect some service time. Yeah, no doubt. It, 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 that's another big issue, and you know and that ties in with the finances too. It's sure, just, yep. they, they manipulate the service time to delay the free agency an extra year, and and, and, and basically what the owners could do by keeping a, a player who should be in the majors down, you're delaying not only his free agency and keeping him another year, but you're also short term. You're not, you know, the clubs recognize when the, you know, whenever the kid does hit the majors, we don't have to pay him all that much. So that all ties in with the finances of it. And, and that is also, it also com- ties in with the competitive integrity of the game because, it, you know, in a perfect world, I understand it's a business, but I mean, the game, the rules of the game ought to be designed so that all 30 teams come out of spring training with what they think is the very best, most competitive team they can field. Now what you have is a few years ago, the most famous example of what you just said late recently is Chris Bryant, right, of the Cubs. He, he was a huge prospect, had a great spring. Everybody agreed he should be starting uh, opening day starter at third base for the Cubs. And they sent him to the minors, and, and they didn't call him up for till like April 27th or so because they wanted to wait to manipulate that service time. So, yeah, that is also something that's got to be figured out. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up before we run out of time, Scott, is AAA is going to see uh, robo umpires, balls and strikes in a number of AAA cities, uh, step closer to the major league. What's your read on that? Yeah, I think we're going to see robo-umps. In other words, the automated 
strike zone at home plate. We're, we're going to see that in the major leagues, I think, within the next year or two. I think it's going to be, it's, it's getting real close. Um, you know, I mean, everybody moans and groans, and by everybody I mean fans. You can't watch a game anymore with now that every TV broadcast has that strike zone box on yeah. the TV. You they can't should watch ditch a game that. Yeah, fans, you know, it's like every – fourth or fifth pitch you got fans griping about the home plate up miss that that you know and um it's it's just it's become such a point of contention that um i I think even the umpires eventually are going to throw up their hands and say fine we're happy there's an automated strike zone because you know the 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 box you see on tv is not completely fair because it doesn't change sizes so if you've got a six foot eight aaron judge at the plate or a five foot six Jose Altuve, the box is about the same size for both of those guys. So, in other words, you're not getting a true read of the strike zone on your telecast. You're getting a lot of it right, but there are a lot of pitches on the fringes of the strike zone that people see on TV say, oh, the umpire missed that one. No, he didn't. It's just the strike zone box isn't completely accurate. Well, and, and Scott, there, there's an idea in all of this, and I've been thinking about it, and I want to run it by you because you've covered the game for a long time. As we move to an automated strike zone, okay, if if they can program that and they have the technology, then you measure a strike zone for an Aaron Judge. So it's the letters to the knees and the width yep. of the plane. Or Jose Altuve, they have different strike zones. Make the computer call the strike zone so every player knows that they're going to deal with, you just don't see high strikes called. And if you want to move the game around and you want guys trying to put the ball in play and up there hacking, if you will, like they did in the old days, Change that strike zone, so so Aaron Judge isn't looking at a strike zone the size of a dinner plate. Um, t- t- I think totally that would right. be a good 100%. fix. Hundred uh, percent, bigger. Call the strike zone the way it is in the rule book. That should be the way it is. Um, you, they do, by the way, adjust the automated strike zone for each player. So that part is going to be good. Good. But I hope they call the high strike. Yeah, a- absolutely, because it's all about once again balls and plays. I, I would, I would yep. and, and you and I have talked about it, I, I would much rather see a couple of triples. Take away a home run, give me a triple every time. 100%, absolutely. They've got to, that's one of the biggest things. They, they've got to figure out a way to get more balls in play, no doubt about it. I know you got to run, Scott. Thanks for the yep. time. All right, Steve, thank you. Great talking to you. Take care. There he is, Scott Miller. He's covered the major leagues for a long time. And it's always good enough to join us here on News Talk E3OWCCO. It is 5.30. We've got the weather coming up. Snow today. Then it'll quiet down. It'll be a chilly Sunday. And then snow again tomorrow night. We will continue uh, in a moment here on News Talk E3OWCCO. Good news in the border battle if you're a Golden Gopher fan. Minnesota leading number one Wisconsin 4-2 at Ritter Arena. They're in the third. Minnesota took game one, two to one. The Badgers' second loss of the season. Both of those have come at the hands of the Golden Gophers. Minnesota might get them again. Uh, Updated score now 4-3 Minnesota in the third at Ritter Arena. Golden Gopher men's hockey. They're at Michigan. They beat the Wolverines 2-1 in overtime. Uh, It is Hockey Day Minnesota. 
and Blakesley Stadium in Mankato is ground zero. Then, of course, he'll close it out with a wild game at the X, the Chicago Blackhawks. And Dane Mizutani from the Pioneer Press, good enough to join us online at TwinCities.com. Dane, good to visit with you on this hockey day. You too, Steve. How you doing? Yeah, and uh, tip of the cap to the fans outside in the cold and snow in Mankato today. Yeah, uh, awesome day as always, uh, hockey day in Minnesota. But Mankato really brought it this year. They did kind of a two-night thing, almost a week-long thing, getting people for, uh, from the community involved. And there were high school games last night, and obviously the, the spectacle of it today. So, uh, yeah, awesome to see always. And, and all, you know, not really a surprise. Wherever Hockey Day Minnesota ends up, um, I feel like the town always shows up in droves. Well, and it's it's one of those things, Fox Sports North and now Valley Sports North and the Minnesota Wild have really gotten behind this thing. And it, it is a huge deal here, here in January. All the communities, I, I, I think of all the amazing settings, and uh, Blakesley Stadium in Mankato is cool, a tip of the cap to southern Minnesota. And uh, word is it'll be at White Bear Lake next year. I don't know if that's been officially announced, but I've I've seen that floating around on Twitter today. Um, so whether it's in the metro or outside of the metro, the, you're you're right. Those communities really step up and put on an amazing show. I mean, wh- whether it was in Duluth on the lakefront, I, I remember in Elk River at that park in Elk River, kind of down in that natural bowl was just phenomenal. Or out on a lake, it. it it's just always a, a cool, cool show, and a great job to the folks at Valley Sports North and Minnesota Wild are a big part of it. Yeah, it's it, like you said, it's just it, it's really awesome to see, and the fact that it goes throughout the whole state, right? Like it's not yep. just stick to the metro and stick to the Twin Cities. No, it's it's everywhere. It's been everywhere. Um, I remember that 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 year up in Baudet. Um, I think yep. it was like negative twenty five. So it's just it, it you get to see the whole state, and the whole state gets to see kind of that spectacle um so certainly a cool thing yeah and they, they they put a lot into it once again a good job by mankato and uh no no worries on ice conditions today uh certainly uh certainly was a outdoor hockey day for sure uh, they always close it out with a wild game and they get the blackhawks for the second night a big win for the wild dane and after that weird stretch where they dropped a couple of games out west to the kings and to the Vegas Golden Knights, and then COVID started to settle in, and they played poorly against Buffalo, and then more games were dumped, and then the league shut down. You felt like, what's happened to this season? It was so promising. They were flying high atop the Central Division, and then that pause. Well, frankly, the Wild have got right back at it. They've been playing well as of late. Yeah, for sure, and you mentioned the the, the losing streak they, they were on before the stoppage, and then to come out of that stoppage and you have this awesome event, the winter classic and the wild basically didn't show up in that one. It's a little understandable. They were 12 days off going into that winter classic. So the rust was obvious. Um, But like you said, the the way that they've been able to bounce back from that really, really poor showing and and everyone on the wild would agree that was, they were embarrassed. Like they had 40,000 fans freezing their butts off in in the stands at target field and the wild got blown out. So the fact that they were able to kind of get back on the horse, they've been rolling ever since. I mean, at the points in every game since then, um, you know, just finding ways to win. But also, a lot like, you know, last night, not just finding ways to win, they're, they're going, they're back to dominating again. 
and you know, dominating teams, they should dominate. The Blackhawks, they're not the team that they used to be, and that's very obvious. It was super obvious last night with the way the Wild controlled the game from the onset, um, and, and it was good to see because, like you said, before the stoppage, before everything got a little bit weird, the team looked like a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, and everything starts to kind of go a little haywire, and, and you wonder, can this team figure it out? Can this team find it? Well, they have. They look great. Um but I will be expecting a, an angry Chicago Blackhawks team coming into the XL Energy Center tonight. Um, a lot of pride on that team still, even if they don't look the same. Um, Jonathan Keyes and Patrick Day probably have something to say about that 5-1 defeat yesterday. Yeah, a late start tonight, 8 o'clock in downtown St. Paul. And then uh, Montreal comes to town. Uh, their, their lone visit of the season on Monday in St. Paul. Then a trip to New York. They'll get the Rangers and the Islanders. And then a very interesting February coming up as uh, they try and make up some lost ground. And uh, (laughs) the middle of February is going to be hectic, to say the least. Game's coming every other day. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's like last year all over again. Um, But, you know, last year was a 56-game schedule. This is an 82-game schedule. That sure feels like a condensed 56-game schedule. I think I did the math, and it's 40 games starting February 12th, which is when the makeup games really start to come in. It's a February 12th home game against the Carolina Panthers. From that day forward, the Wild play 40 games in 77 days. So that's just insane. That's like that's averages out to more than a game every other day. That's back-to-backs. That's basically no rest in between. You're either playing or you're off the day. You know, they, I, I would say they don't practice a ton over that stretch. Uh, but it's really going to test the guys. And the players are saying all the right things. Dean Evans saying all the right things. Like, we'd rather play hockey games than practice. But I would worry, you know, are they going to be worn out come playoff time? Because this is a playoff team as far as I'm concerned. I think they're one of the better teams in the West. But, man, 40, 40 games in 77 nights. Yeah. You wonder what that's going to do to a team down the stretch. Yeah, and, and Dane, do you have a sense from the NHL that, that you know they're they're going to extend this flexibility where you know you're, you're going to have to move players in and out of the lineup that you're going to have to lean maybe some on some kids from Iowa that typically aren't in in the lineup to to get through this stretch. Yeah, the taxi squad's in place through the All Star break, I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if they just extend that. Um, yeah. It's been a useful tool for, for the Wild. And for the, I would say every team in the league over the past month or so, you know, with the Omicron variant kind of running, running rampant still, uh, to have not just players that can play, but players that are right there with you practicing readily available if they're needed. You don't have to call down and send the car to Iowa or figure out travel arrangements, how, how to get this player to – you know, to point from point A to point B if you're on the road. The taxi squads are beneficial. Um, I would be shocked if they go away with them after the All-Star break. Yeah. I think these are here to stay, uh, and I think they should be because it's such a weird year. Why not have a couple extra bodies, you know, for teams to use as we try and cram in, you know, what feels like a million games in a short amount of time. Right. The only good news in all of this, every club's in the same boat. So, you know, there's there's no distinct advantage for one club over the other. The only thing I would argue is those Eastern Conference teams have much easier travel than the teams out West. But I don't know what you can do about that at this point. 
Yeah, it's you know, like you said, everyone has to play the game. Um, yep. There are some teams, I think with the Wild, probably hit the short end of the stick as far as the amount of games they have to play and the amount of time. Some, some teams kind of have more of a regular schedule the second half of the year, whereas the Wild are compacting so many games in. But at the end of the day, you got to play 82 games. Every team in the league has to play 82 games. Um, and, and, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for the Wild if, if they have to play a couple back-to-backs here and there. Um, you know, everyone's trying to gun down these playoff spots. So, you know, it's game on right now from here on out. Damian Zutani joining us, uh, covers the Wild for the Pioneer Press, online at TwinCities.com. Dane, the goaltending situation, Capo Kagan, and uh, you got to give him high marks for what he's done. Yeah, he's been awesome. And um, I'll be honest, like I wasn't sure how this stretch was going to go for the Wild. Um, Cam Talbot gets injured in the Winter Classic. That's right around the time that, you know, it seemed like the wheels were falling off, as we talked about earlier in our conversation. Uh, then you lose Cam Talbot. You're wondering, okay, is, is this thing going to spiral out of control? And, and no, Topo Kakinen came in just like he did last year and steadied the boat, you know, for the while. They, he was extremely calm in between the pipes, you know, seemed to get more and more confident over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and I think he's something like 8-1-2 and two in his last, like, 10, you know, 11 starts. So he's been phenomenal. And, you know, you look at certain parts of every season as, you know, defining moments. You're going to look back on this one. If the Wild are a playoff team, you know, come April, May, and you're going to remember what Kapo Kakinen did um, when he was the only goalie available. Um, last night he was great again against the Blackhawks. He'll go again tonight in a back-to-back. I would think Cam Talbot should be ready by, by Monday for Montreal, um, but that's not confirmed yet. I think he's going to back up tonight. We'll talk to Dean Evison here in about 15 minutes. Um, but, yeah, you can't say enough good words about Capo Kakinen. He's been awesome. Um, just, just really, 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 you know, rose to the occasion of the Wild needed him most. Yeah, and appears to be clearly the goaltender of the future with Cam Talbot being the veteran that, you know, he, he's still a relatively young guy as elite NHL goaltenders go. It takes time. There there aren't a lot of real young kids that that – dominate and play 60 games in the NHL. You, you need to grow into that job. Yeah, that's, that's, that's spot on. I mean, he's someone, I'm not sure how the Wild felt. You know, I, I know they've, they've been, they're confident in Capo, but I, I wasn't sure entering this year how they felt about him being, you know, part of that goaltending future. And I would say after the stretch, he's continued to pour forth. And, you know, every time he proves it, every single time you need him, he, he steps up. Um, Yes, I think you're right. I would confidently say Capo Cochran is going to be a part of this goaltending future for the Wild. Well, I know uh, you're getting ready to cover the game tonight uh, to close out a hockey day, uh, 2022, Minnesota and Chicago. It'll be an 8 o'clock start in St. Paul. Dane, good to visit with you, and I, I enjoy uh, your chats with Henry Lake as well. Yeah, it's all, love talking to you both uh, anytime you need me. All right, there he is, Dane Mizutani of the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. And we'll join late night with Henry Monday through Friday. I'll, I'll be out doing a game and then hop in the car, maybe get a bite to eat. We'll for sure get a bite to eat after the game. And then uh, my drive home, uh, Dane will check in with uh, Henry on late night here on CCO and make, makes that uh, drive home enjoyable. 13 minutes down front of six here at News Talk. E3OWCCO.
Cincinnati leading Tennessee 16-9 late third in that uh, first divisional playoff game. Uh, big weekend in the NFL playoffs tonight in Green Bay. San Francisco at Green Bay to take on the Packers. Packers, of course, the number one seed. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, the over-under, 47-and-a-half. St- Once again, I'm not a Packer hater. I'm not. Never have been. And I think anybody who's listened for any period of time would know that. I just think the 49ers are going to win it straight up tonight. But could be wrong. Uh, tomorrow, the early game at 2 o'clock, the L.A. Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bucks favored by three, beat up offensive line in front of Tom Brady. I still think they get it done. Uh, they they will find a way. And then great game tomorrow afternoon, 5.30 our time, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. And the winners meet a week from tomorrow in the AFC and NFC championship games. And then it's on to the Super Bowl. And <laughs> they're going to be out in L.A., at uh, SoFi this year, that uh, $6 billion facility in Inglewood, California. A great win for the Golden Gophers earlier today at the barn. Only 7,000 showed up. Minnesota found a way to beat Rutgers. 68-65 was the final in that one. Uh, We visited with Andy Greeter earlier in the program about that victory today. And this is a team that I think people who are paying attention have fallen in love with. You know, Ben Johnson uh, put together a coaching staff and a a team quickly, and it has uh, at times really surprised. The win at Michigan, the win today, sure, they've struggled. They're only 2-5 and in the Big Ten. I'm not going to call them NCAA tournament or Big Ten title contenders. But uh, what they have been able to do in in short order and and be competitive most nights is pretty impressive. And and sure, I th- th- there have been some ugly losses. the The game to Illinois uh, certainly stands out as being a, a pretty ugly defeat. But uh, today was a lot of fun as uh, they get it done down the stretch. Peyton Willis, what a game! 32 points, more than double his season average. Uh, great story today at Williams Arena. And uh, I want to thank some people for all their help on the program, uh, including Doug Swinhart, Tech Talk, leads us off between 2 and 3 every Saturday. Always good to visit with Doug. And, of course, Kerry Klatt, uh, the producer, keeps the program out of the ditch uh, and does such a great job behind the scenes. Matthew Collar from Purple Insider. Looks like the Vikes are closing in on a general manager. Could happen as soon as this week. I already mentioned Andy Greeter covers the Golden Gophers and Minnesota United FC for the Pioneer Press, and he's back from his honeymoon in Spain. Steve Carney took us outdoors. The bite's still really good all around the state. If you can safely get out there, uh, the snowpack, ice conditions are a challenge, but uh, it was impressive. Kevin Lynch. Timberwolves analyst for Valley Sports North joined us. Uh, Timberwolves get a split on the road. Uh, they they split in. They win in New York. Cat a big three point play, and then they lost their composure a little bit, getting beat by Atlanta the next night. And now they come home and get the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant on Sunday night. This is an opportunity. 
They are the Western Conference leaders right now. One of their big stars is out of the lineup. This is a game where the Minnesota Timberwolves need to step up and get it done and get a win in front of the home fans tomorrow night against uh, a legitimate NBA title contender. And we'll be on the air at 6.30 with Gal Soderquist, Alan Horton. We'll have all the play-by-play here on the home of the Timberwolves. Uh, also a big thanks to uh, Scott Miller, covers Major League Baseball, and he has the latest on the lockout. They are going to get together. They are going to talk. I love his idea. Get him in a room, lock the door, get it done, get spring training going on time. The, the fans need that countdown to pitchers and catchers. Fans need spring training, particularly here in the north. Uh, we want that. Uh, we, we, we certainly want spring training in the season to start on time. And then, of course, a moment ago, Dane Mizutani covers the Wild for the Pioneer Press. Uh, the Wild close it out at home to close out Hockey Day 2022 against the Chicago Blackhawks. They dominated in a 5-1 victory last night. They'll drop the puck just after 8 in St. Paul tonight. So those are the sports headlines here at News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Uh, circle back around to the weather at the moment. Uh, we have light snow and 9 degrees here in the Twin Cities. An inch or two before it winds down. And the very latest is, and as I look at the radar picture, um, they're, they're certainly right on track, that uh, the snow should taper off by maybe 10 o'clock tonight. So if you're super motivated, you could go out at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and shovel snow. I'm probably not going to be that guy who goes out there. If I do clean up the snow, it'll be in the morning because we're going to get more again tomorrow night. So it could be one of those uh, shovel Saturday morning, shovel Sunday morning, shovel Monday morning uh, deals uh, here in Minnesota. But uh, the uh, light snow continues around the area, and it looks like it'll wind down a little bit later on tonight, maybe 1 to 2. Otherwise, we'll bottom out at 6 below. Wind chills as low as 14 below tonight. And then on Sunday, a chance of flurries after 5 o'clock. Uh, we'll see some sun. Clouds will thicken up again. We'll see a high around 11. Wind chill readings in the teens below zero. And then Sunday night, more snow. 1 to 2 the way it looks here in the Twin Cities. But temps will rise into the upper teens during the snow. And then on Monday, that snow will end in the morning for most folks. Otherwise, cloudy. And those temps will then fall off into the low teens later in the day. Monday night, bitter cold, 11 below. Tuesday, only 2 above. And then on Wednesday, uh, we'll top out at 18. So uh, things looking up later in the week with highs in the 20s. All right, that just about does it here on a Saturday at News Talk 830-WCCO. Friendly reminder, though, uh, more sports coverage tomorrow morning. The Huddle, Mike Max, Pete Najarian between 10 and noon. And then I will be back following the Timberwolves and Nets on a Sunday night right here at News Talk 830-WCCO. Thanks again, Kerry Clatt, our producer. Uh, in the newsroom, Al Shock. My name is Steve Thompson. Have a great Saturday night from all of us here. News Talk E3OWCCO. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. 
And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co.